0: Roland, what's happening y'all Andy and Zach the A to Z show and today we have a very special guest with us on the podcast Vanessa Edwards who is I guess you might say on the short list of kettlebell nerds in this town her and I top the list so very excited to have you on Vanessa
1: thanks Zach thanks for having me yeah also andy thank you you're
2: welcome Mm -hmm. thank you for the introduction i know we met at the liftapalooza i think officially for the first time officially yeah
1: yeah because we talked on the phone a couple of times that's right yeah yes okay now we're all Mm -hmm.
2: caught up yeah so that's how we all know each other
0: absolutely and uh again i think for the uh definitely not the first or the second time i'm the only one in the room who doesn't own his own gym Oh. So I'm, I'm also the odd man out in that, in that sense. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. How does and, that feel? It um, feels good? It's going uh, to kind of be
1: bouncing around?
0: Well, I'm sure it feels good on the first of the month where I only have one rent to pay. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the thing.
0: Um, but on the random, you know, Saturday or Sunday where I'm like, you know, I wish I could just roll into my own gym and... Blast of music that I mm-hmm. want to hear mm-hmm. at 100 decibels and, you know, film a couple hours of content on my own time, on my own dime. That's when I get a little bit jealous that I don't have my own space. But uh, yeah. grass is always greener on the other side. Well,
1: I feel like you have many homes. If <laughs> that's the way of putting it, yeah. I think Jim's like, you're always welcome at mine. If you ever need, you know, space to film, she's just sitting there hanging out, waiting, I was you know, gonna say, you have Andes, you have, I mean.
2: The I irony like, that you would like a gym in order to film content, and I own a gym and never film content.
1: Same. Oh my
0: God. Right, so may, maybe that's kind of the, the deal with the devil is you get your own space with maybe these high hopes, and then it's just like, ah, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of things in life, I think that's yeah. maybe how it, how it hashes out. But um, yeah, so all that being said, um, I think probably when I first moved to town, I'm sure you were one of the only other, we'll say Strong First Certified instructors in town. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember when or where we first met, but -hmm. it was probably over coffee, probably at the Red Bicycle, probably on Nolensville
1: how did we meet? We Maybe. Gotta go. And think about that.
0: Yeah. No, actually, I take what that was back. It? I take that back. We worked out together at Provida one morning.
1: I think I think I emailed you looking for a strong first coach, like a local strong first coach. Um, I don't know. I think I reached out to you, and then you're like, "Hey, um, yeah, Provida."
0: Yeah. There.
1: And I had you look at my deadlift, and a couple other moves. That's right. My press, because I was going for SFG two. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, that was our first time I think we had met in person.
0: Feels like a lifetime ago.
1: I know, yeah, Yeah. it really was.
0: So, give us the Vanessa Edwards origin story. How did you get into fitness? How did you get into kettlebells? And, obviously, how did you get the wild hair to open up your own your own space right
1: (laughs) okay so i got into fitness um way back in the day in my 20s and um dabbled in the gym a little bit um in high school i'm gonna go back back high school was like a little bit i played basketball um and then lifted a little bit um My brother, like, loved the gym, so he was always in there, like, pushing weight around. He's just ginormous.
0: Oh, Um, right on.
1: Big foot. He was, I mean, he looks like a huge football player, but super strong guy. And then, um, like, most girls back in the, you know, late 90s, all we were doing was running. Mm -hmm. You know, like, running was, like, what we did in the gym. So I spent hours, like, running, running, running. Um, So... I have ran about probably 10 half marathons, 10 or 12, Mm. so I did that for a while, Um, and then decided to get into lifting, because I was born with scoliosis, so I think you know this, Mm -hmm. right? So, I've got like two curves that are over 40% or 40 degrees, Um, and so I'm like, I look kind of straight, but... Each curve is like very balanced, so like inside, I wish I could show you a picture of it, it's wild. Um, But that was just causing me a lot of pain in my 30s. So um, I went and just looking for a personal trainer and um, found one and then started lifting and my back just felt better. So Mm -hmm. I just kept doing it. And so from that point on, just like my back pain in the beginning was so overwhelming and such, I call it my monster. Um, that strength training was just something I had to do. Mm. Um, so it's well, kept me.
0: Yeah, that's that's wild. That um, you know, either by some critical thinking or research on your part, or or just by luck that you got into the habit and into the environment of lifting mm-hmm. as opposed to what could what easily happens i think for a lot of people that have structural issues or injuries or anything that they're you know obviously trying to manage is you you know you get into the uh dare i say like more uh you go the more passive route where you go to like chiropractic mm-hmm. and you get oh, yeah. you get worked on <clears throat> now there's anything wrong with that for sure right. but there's a fundamental mindset uh, difference and a different approach um, that is involved with taking the reins yourself and mm-hmm. being like, well, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get a trainer. I'm going to work out. I'm going to figure out how to lift and how to be strong, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, a slightly different route, which is let me go to a professional who's going to fix me.
1: Right, because they so, can't. Right. And so uh, – yeah, You know, I there's a, certainly
0: a time and a place for both, but that's, <clears throat> yes. that's really great that, um, that you took that path
1: mm-hmm. that
0: set you out on, on the lifting journey.
1: So. Yeah, it was definitely, um, I've done the chiropractors. I've done the physical therapy, in and out, in and out of physical therapy, <clears throat> which was great. And I had this great guy. Um, he got me a free TENS unit, which I'm so grateful for. Um, but he just said, you just have to lift. He's like, you have to work out. All the time, and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and so, like, eventually, I start doing it, but it's really just for pain management. Wow. Um, yeah. And even to this day, I have to remind myself, like, that's what I'm doing it like for, um, because I can get a little too excited, and trying to do all the, you know, cool things, and I'm like, "Oh yeah," little reminder, like, you got some boundaries. <laughs> you know,
0: it sounds obvious, but. How, how valuable would it be for some of us just in general to have a professional look us in the eye and say, you have to work out all the time. <laughs> it's just like.
1: <sighs> right. Okay. Right. You know. I feel like it's the medicine for all things.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. Kind of, I mean, for some of us, I mean, probably not for us because we kind of love it and it's part of our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But just to have a professional or a doctor or whomever, look you in the eye, and give you, give you the diagnosis, or give you the prescription. Yeah. You have to work out, you have to do it all the time.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> right. It's, it's so fundamental, it's so obvious, but just hearing that story just stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Makes, me makes me chuckle in a certain kind of way.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah it definitely holds me accountable to, yeah. to cool. showing up. Mm-hmm.
0: So you uh, started working with a trainer who obviously knew his or her stuff, and yeah. set you on the path? Is this where kettlebells came in? No.
1: Well, my trainer, Daniel Ming, um, is a great trainer, owns his own business, Move Fit Personal Training, and he was fantastic. He trained me, um, I think, for about two years. Yeah. And um, he had a guy in there that worked with him, Marty Vaughn, um, another one, another great, coach and one day I was um well fast forwarding I was uh became one of Daniel's trainers and then I was kind of playing around with like a little tiny kettlebell and Marty was like, you know, you probably wanna get a little bit more educated on those <laughs> before you start like really playing around with them. And I was like, yeah, I'm really intrigued, like who and how should I get educated on this? Like who's were the people and he mentioned strong first to me he was the first person that told me about strong first i'm like oh okay so i just went down that path started researching it um found a class down in atlanta and one of their like one day classes that you could go to i think it was like no sorry it was a two-day class and they just did an introduction to everything and that's when i got hooked when was that that was probably 2015.
2: I was in Atlanta for a Strong First User Course. And, um, I don't know if it was 2015, though. Like, 14 or 15, i It might have been in 17, I can look. Mm. It might have been later than that, but, and I'm sure they have multiples okay. of them, but I was like, wouldn't yeah. that be crazy if we actually were in the same Strong First User Course or whatever? Yeah. It, it was a few years ago. <clears throat> I mean, it was before 2017. Like, okay. Yeah, so it could have been 2015, 2016. Yeah. But I was like, dang, that would
1: have
0: been wild. Yeah. So. It's a small world.
1: Yeah. It,
2: honestly, like, I loved it. Of all the courses I've done, started to deviate tangent a little no, bit, yeah. of all the continuing ed that I've done, though, I still tell people that the Strong First User course is probably one of the more valuable ones I've done. Yeah. Like, all that Great. hands-on, like, actually learning how to do stuff. So, right. So, yeah, it was really good. But. Yeah. So... So you in were in that that, you did the user course.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Came home obsessed, and the kettlebell just made sense to me um, in my body, because it's so complicated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so my body <clears throat> needs just more dynamic, and I don't know what the right word is, maybe Zach, you can help me find it, but... Because um, you're really the word whiz.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm a flesh and bone dictionary is you're what I am. You really
1: are. Um, it just made sense to my body. Yeah. a barbell sometimes my body gets so locked, and because my body's so awkward and twisted, it's the kettlebell just was a great tool for my body because it allowed my body to move the way that it needed to move, and whereas like a barbell really locks me into position um, and that kind of forces my body to operate. Just differently, and the kettlebell just gave him that freedom. Um. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, it's um, it's it's funny. I mean, part part of it is the tool, and obviously, it's all about how you use it. And again, speaking to like the depth of value that like something like a strong first uh, curriculum can can show us is really, um, it, it's kind of leading with how you use. The tool for training, and not like vice versa. So the kettlebell itself is is obviously like a super awesome training tool, but it's it, it all goes back to uh, to how you use it. Um, so yeah, and and really thinking more in terms of like uh, internal cues, in terms of like how one can direct and and use muscular tension. And how one can like develop mobility and stability in in all these ways outside of the sagittal plane, mm-hmm. you know we've got uh, arm bars, we've got windmills, we've got get-ups, even our presses, our bottoms-up presses, anything where we're working with an asymmetric, you know, load, just working one side at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all it, it provides us all these little islands. Of of environments that we can explore, and even after all these years, we're still experimenting. We're still finding out um, new things. So obviously, like some of this stuff, you can apply to barbell trainings mm-hmm. and and whatnot. But um, for one reason or another, just yeah, a lot of times it's something about the kettlebell design and the approach that really just clicks with people. Mm-hmm. And it's very funny that you bring this up because I'm I'm actually working with. Um, a couple um, in East Nashville who are in their I want to say late 60s maybe early 70s and these are yoga folks from like back in the day okay. like hardcore yoga folks okay. and the kettlebell has been like the, f- the first form of like resistance training that these people have like for one reason or another just totally gravitated towards yeah. and so now this 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 uh, uh, this couple in question they have you know the the husband just bought a 28 kilo kettlebell okay. and he's okay. like obsessed wow. about deadlifting it you know he's like it's something about this weight that just it just begs to be lifted you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. um, he's like you know it, it, it speaks to me somehow it has a personality and I'm like you know what this sounds crazy coming out of your mouth, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Totally. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yes. So um so yeah, yeah, yes. and uh I, and I didn't realize that uh Daniel was your first trainer cuz yeah. obviously I um have been to MoveFit quite a bit uh over the years and we've yeah. done tactical strength challenge yeah. at MoveFit, so I've been able to um hang out with him and uh, that staff and that facility a little mm-hmm. bit and uh, that's a really cool that's a really cool spot
1: yeah yeah he was a great trainer um, really helped me a lot taught yeah. me a lot um, loved it it was a great yeah. It's a great spot yeah for sure
0: cool so as we look at your um, training history now getting into kettlebells would have been some of the big things that you've you have uh you know, maybe not necessarily like feats of strength. Mm-hmm. Um but like what are what are the things that you really like to work on and what, what has your training looked like over the course of time?
1: Okay. Well
0: I know a little bit about that just from
1: <laughs> being a part of
0: just from being a part, part of, it. of
1: my story. But yeah. yeah.
0: But um yeah I'm always curious on like the macro story of like what were the things you were working on? What were your goals? And then how has that shifted over the course of time, especially, you know, when life happens, mm-hmm. life evolves, that kind of thing?
1: Okay. Um, yeah, I think the, the main thing is that just pain management. So that's what I tried. That's always like my main goal. Um, but once I found the kettlebells, it really gave me something like strength-wise to work on. And work towards. So, I love a get-up. <clears throat> Get-ups just like your client, like they just speak to me, and mm. they just make my body just gets it. It's this magical like moment of where my body, like my mind and like my spirit, just like connect. I mm. think it's like ultimate, like the ultimate like connection of those things, of those three things, and and so it just makes sense. And it's a movement that my body. Strength-wise, out of everything that I've worked on—deadlift, a pull-up, an overhead press, um, a squat—it's just something that I can just safely do, and over time get stronger at. Mm. So it's—I remember the day I've got my first forty-pound get-up. Yeah, um, it was—it was so exciting, um, and and now. I can do – well, actually, today I was working on it. And I'm just working on the rack and being able to rack it, um, the Mm. 32-kilogram. So I'm I'm working on that now.
2: Nice.
1: So I can get into the rack and I can roll to the elbow and just, like, slowly doing that and just having that tension feeling the tension and having control over it. It's just so much fun. It's just, like, an obsession that I have. So the get-up, the evolution of the get-up with me – it's just like it's slow, but as far as, like, progress goes um, because it just takes so much thought and inwardness that you can't escape it and you can't force it. Right. So you have to just earn it mm. and, and just enjoy it at the same time. So it was really fun. So today I was playing around with that. Um, so the getup is, like, my ultimate love. Um, but obviously deadlift, I love doing a deadlift because it goes against all rules. I think with my body, mm. as far as like my spine and everything, um, and working with you with my deadlift, I was able to get my best that I've ever had. Um, what was it like? I think like 240, um, which doesn't sound, I mean, I'm sh- I mean. Not a powerlifter or anything, but for me, that was like huge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that was really fun because I was like, I can't believe I can do this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so the evolution of that, just enjoying that. So yeah.
0: Hell
1: yeah. Love that. I love snatches, kettlebell snatches. Mm-hmm. I love the swing. Um, I worked on my overhead press for a long time. Yeah. Trying to press the 24. Finally got that a couple summers ago. Mm hmm don't have it anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> I had it once.
0: Hey, that's that's enough. That's, but, that's how I feel about the snatch test. It's like, yeah, oh, I've done yeah. it once. I've done it on camera. Know, Come on. Know. Isn't that good enough for you people? Why
1: is that so hard? Gosh, that good it's enough for so people? hard. For some, it's just like no big deal,
0: Yeah, the snatch test. Well, sure, right.
1: Yeah, but that is definitely the most uncomfortable I let my body go,
0: I yeah. feel like. Well, obviously all of that brings me back to those two years, I think, where we did Tactical Strength Challenge
2: Mm -hmm. um, at MoveFit. Yes. So
0: for those who aren't familiar, that's your um, max weight deadlift, followed by your max repetition pull-up, followed by your max rep five-minute kettlebell snatch, which is a gnarly three-event sequence there.
1: Yeah,
2: is it back to back to back? Yes.
0: Over the course of a you know like, couple hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's no think.
1: time. There's no like time restriction or. Okay. I was um, like, oh, we
2: should do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It also depends on how many people are there. Right. You know? Yeah. Because we had we had a pretty good group those so those time. two times. Yeah. So yeah. when you have, you know, 12, 15 people, that can be kind of a long a long day. But I've also done a TSCs where it's just like think two or three people okay and that turns around very very quick as you can imagine yeah
1: i mean ours was so fun yeah
0: yeah 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 those are those are good times Mm -hmm. um so let's see you have now been operating your own gym for two years ish yes Mhm. yep yeah june of
1: 2020
0: yeah right yeah wow
1: yeah super fun uh
0: yeah and so you're not too far away from where we are now broadcasting from andy van and conditioning mm-hmm. you're what probably four... 1.6 miles oh yeah. gosh really yeah,
2: we're very close yeah. yeah yeah it's
1: like he's right here yeah um i love it just right around
0: the corner, right around the corner. Mm-hmm. from whitebridge mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. oh that's wild yeah yeah very cool um so what has that been like Running the show,
1: it's been good. Um, I was in a session yesterday. My husband, I train him, which is super fun um, because I get to boss him around. Um, But he, we, in our sessions, we just love to talk about like just vulnerable things and like growth things, and so we're always talking about like books we're reading or podcasts that we're listening to, and so. He's reading this book all about comfort and I f- don't know the name or anything but he was just talking about it like, about getting uncomfortable and he um, asked me he was going around asking everybody in the in the session he's like so Vanessa why do you own your own business?" And I said because I love pain I was just walking around <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I obviously love pain um, because and I said well it's and my clients are like what like you we think owning a business is painful, and I'm like, well, it's more about just getting uncomfortable. It's like I do enjoy getting uncomfortable, and and being challenged. If I'm not, I get really bored, and I want to move on like pretty quickly. So, um, owning my own business the last two years is just it's it's been challenging, but all in this in the ways that I I was looking for. Mm. So I enjoy the challenge of figuring things out. Um, and yeah, so just been enjoying the process, just making it my own, allowing things to just organically happen and grow. Um, and so yeah, so it's been it's been good. Just slow, sure. I, I mean, just growing very slowly. I need to, I was telling Andy this, um, I need to get a sign on my building at some point <laughs> <laughs> because I haven't done that yet. Um, so I'm gonna do that so I, you know, just need, there's things I need to um, continue to step outside my comfort zone and just be like I am here, and you know. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's I've I've heard it said that uh, entrepreneurship or owning a business is uh, self-development wrapped in a business, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can't be a leader of a business, much less like a coaching and in-person oriented you know business without like the requisite uh, growth as a person. Mm-hmm. Being a leader um, in all manner of what that means from paying the rent to cleaning the floors mm-hmm. to obviously uh, delivering a standout service for people at six in the morning, mm-hmm. at six at night, all hours in between um, and uh, yeah putting putting your heart and soul into an external thing mm-hmm. that other people can experience and invest in mm-hmm. so yeah that's um, that's no that's no small hill of beans
2: yeah I, th- I thought about this the other day because um, I hadn't thought about it in these terms but I was vacuuming the room and like, wiping down stuff and picking up or whatever. And I was thinking in the moment about all the, like, old fitness jobs I started at, like, 10 years ago. When I had to wipe down all the equipment and vacuum the floors. And the whole time I was like, fuck this. Like, I hate this shit. Wiping this down, cleaning this. And it was, like, then I was like, but it was like Mr. Miyagi, like, painting the fence. Yes. And so now like there's some level of like ownership now i have ownership over it so obviously i want it to be like nice yeah but it's also like in some weird kind of like similarity with like training it's like all that repetition of cleaning and wiping and taking care of and maintaining and now i have my own space and i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna clean and wipe and maintain and it's not a big deal because i did it for 10 years or whatever Right. Um, and it's kind of the things you sort of take for granted. Let's again, when you're working for someone else and you have to do all that work, you're like, I just want to coach. I don't want to wipe down. A I don't want to do all that stuff. And then you end up owning your own space or, or whatever. And you're like, oh, well, I get it now. Like from that perspective, from the yeah. owner's perspective or the management perspective. Now I get it. Um, and I just had to kind of laugh about it. And so, And you and I have talked about this a little bit. Um, when I go and do my talks at MTSU, I do uh, guest lectures at MTSU every semester to exercise science students about what I do for a living, but also sort of my journey through like school and all the shit I did between school and now. Um, I mean, I, I tell them the same thing I'm like, go work for somebody else, go get experience, go volunteer for a local high school, like, go get the reps in. Yes. Like, coach. Or observe coaching, wipe down equipment, do all the annoying stuff you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. you looking at my new artwork? I am. It's funny artwork. I am. A look at the other one. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, like you do all that stuff and get the reps in. And then when you finally, if you ever decide to open your own space, you'll kind of have all that shit figured out. Like yeah. the accounting stuff that I do to like keep the book straight, I mm-hmm. had that figured out years ago. You know, it sounds tedious now, but like, you know, wiping down equipment or maintaining equipment or whatever. It sounds tedious, but at the same time, I'm like, and it sounds silly, but like I did those reps. So like a lot of the skill sets that you need just to at least manage the space. Yeah. I already had. So it's not like I just dove into like gym ownership and was like, that sounds fun. Right. I'm going to be able to work out all the time. And then like trying to figure all that out. I got a lot of reps in a lot of different avenues before I even opened the space. So yeah. In a lot of ways, some of it was that e- easy, it's never easy, but it was easier because I was like, well, I've done this. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to think about that, this stuff that hard. I can focus on the stuff that's important to me, like cultivating client relationships and things like that, the stuff that like requires continuous work. Mm-hmm. Everything else, all the details, I had figured out a while back. So yeah. I just implanted it in the space. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the gist of those talks is take whatever skills, you don't even know if you're like, you know, think about it, when you're doing it, all those reps, all those hours, all the coaching, whatever, take all that skill and and just transplant it into whatever it is you want to do. Mm-hmm. So I just had to laugh about it a little bit while I was vacuuming the other day. Yeah, it makes you appreciate vacuuming floors that much more.
1: It really does. Yeah. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love cleaning my own gym. Yeah,
2: it's <laughs> it's fun. It's a weird, like that at the end of the because I usually do it at the end of the week. Like that's my end of the week like thing. <laughs> there's like a weird sense of satisfaction like finish on a friday vacuuming and mopping or wiping down mirrors or cleaning the bathroom or whatever and, mm-hmm. and a weird sense of pride as much as i hate cleaning bathrooms Man, oh, yes. i hate cleaning bathrooms is yeah. my least favorite thing in the world
1: right yeah but there yeah. is
2: some sense of pride in yeah. wiping down toilets when it's your own business's toilet
1: yeah mm. it really yeah. is yeah. i don't know why i mean i pay somebody to clean my house toilets but I clean my own gym
2: toilet. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs>
1: Isn't that funny? That is interesting. Yeah.
2: You know the funny thing about it? I'd probably do the same thing. I would probably have someone clean my own house. Because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But here, I'm like, oh, I'll do it. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah. And then you have to let it get dirty. Like, my walls here, at first, because they're white walls, I was like,
1: oh, ooh. Mm-hmm.
2: And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. It's a gym. Right. Things are going to get dirty.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. I know. It's fun. So, yeah. yeah. It's is different, man.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I uh, well, with Andy obviously has a has a baby on the way. I've heard it said that uh, when you don't have kids, that the sound of a baby uh, crying and screaming is like the most annoying thing ever. Um, but then after you have children, you you don't mind, or you tune it out, or you find it not as disturbing. Okay. I think it was I think it was my own parents who told me that. Yeah.
2: Actually, it's a hormonal thing, too. Oh. Yeah. It doesn't bother me now.
0: Yeah, so all that to say, it's like when it's the, the maybe weird analogy that I'm trying to draw back to the gym is <laughs> I was like, what when it's, about when <laughs> it's, <laughs> when it's yours, <laughs> when it's your DNA that's in the walls, oh, yeah? so to speak, it's like, you know, the, the gross things become a labor of love that um, has maybe more of an emphasis on the love than the labor. So that, uh, yeah, that makes sense.
2: Well, and too, when it's yours, like, you'll, you notice things that people don't, like, it's like your own home. Like, Mm -hmm. when people come over, you're like, oh, this is dirty, or I need to, or I need to fix this, or I'll be in here coaching, and I'll see, like, dust bunnies, and I'm like, ugh, and I'll point them out, and I'm like, ugh, this gym is disgusting, and my clients are like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Right. It's fine. It is totally fine. Yeah. And I'm like, no, see the specs. So it's like that. You're just more hyper aware Mm -hmm. when things aren't like perfectly clean or whatever. I mean, yeah, never mind.
1: Yeah, no, I get it. I'm obsessive over my kettlebells, and so like how they're organized, um, how what they use to clean them, um, where they're placed, Mm -hmm. and even my clients are just like trained. Like now, now they organize my bells for me um, because my gym it's it's kind of almost like an open gym concept. In some way. So they can actually use my gym too, like whenever they want to. So, because I only have like a handful of people right now. So um, we all have a code to the door. And so I've got this one client, I know when she's in there. Because I'll come in in the morning, and my bills are just, like, perfectly organized and just so clean and spotless. She'll even, like, break out the vacuum sometimes and, like, clean for me. I'm like, I know you were here. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Like, so it's kind of nice. I mean, everyone kind of takes care of it yeah. also. So I think we're all – I mean, most of us. Some people just, you know, um, leave things around. But um, for the most part, everyone's just, like, it's a community, and we're all yeah. chipping in. To kind of take care of things Mm -hmm. so it's fun
2: i've noticed that too in this space the the one thing i I did at first and then i let go was the dumbbells don't have the the number facing up uh, like all the time Mm -hmm. when i first opened the space um mike Krajewski. that's the only in terms of organization it's the only thing he's like adamant about is he wants all the dumbbells facing the same direction. Mm, mm-hmm. And so I got into a habit of turning everything in the same direction. And Then when I got in here, I was like, actually, I don't care. So that's the one thing that I let go, but everything else I do try to keep tidy. It is interesting. I'm probably more hyper aware, probably more hyper aware of just like the organization, the cleanliness or oh, whatever. Yeah. But I do think people subconsciously take note. Like I leave stuff, I, I put these here, park these everything, here yep. like this on purpose. My TRXs are here like this on purpose. My bands, my plates, everything's organized so that if someone looks in the window when I'm not here, mm-hmm. it at least looks like a professional spot. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. not just like stuff laying around everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like, it seems weird, but like if there were a band in the middle of the floor, I'd be like, I can't leave.
1: No. The mm-hmm.
2: one band laying in the floor. Or dumbbells or kettle Nothing. It has yep. to be at least somewhat organized. I would say it's, everything has a home. Everything has a home. Mm-hmm. And it, I think, too, it's like, it's like making your bed every day. If you didn't make your bed, you probably don't care. But then, like, coming home to a made bed, getting into a made bed, you're like,
1: oh. whoa. Yeah. Zach, you're having to listen to us. This is kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> Our it's the same
2: thing. Walking into a gym that's already, like, organized, you're like, man. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a
1: good day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Everything has a home. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 No, I get that. I get that. You, um, yeah, I mean, just like how I was, you know, kind of mentioning before, it's like your business is a representation of your mind, your taste, your style, your standards. Mm-hmm. And because training is something that we take seriously and something that we have exacting standards Four, mm-hmm. it only makes sense that that manifests itself in how you like to keep things. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting, too, just how your brand, like your own brand, like makes itself, I think, makes itself. In other words, all the shit that you see on my walls is more, to your point, as a reflection of just who I am as a person. And then everybody that, all my clients are like, oh, this is very on brand for you. And I'm like... I mean, I didn't really plan it like that. It's just stuff that I think is funny. It's just you. And it's just me, but it works. And so, Mm -hmm. like, exercising my demons or Arnold Schwarzenegger or even, like, have you tried being strong? Like, turning that into artwork that's, like, poking fun at people. But it's a bird. Nobody takes offense to that, even though it's supposed to be, like, a jab. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It just kind of, like, it manifests itself in in a funny way. And I would have never, I didn't plan all this. It was just sort of a natural, how things sort of flowed. Mm -hmm. And so I find, I think that's kind of interesting just to watch that. This would be very hard to just out of thin air, be like, I want this thing on my wall. That'd be very difficult. Yeah. Like building a brand, I think is more, for me, it has to be more organic. It can't be like this. Yes. I think they live is cool. So I'm going to have a poster about it or whatever. Right. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's Shit, your personality yeah. coming out. Yeah. It's the artist. Mm-hmm.
0: Is that the movie where uh, the glasses show you who's an alien? Yes. Okay. Got it. I, that, I haven't. I've seen a lot of. Uh, I guess like memes and references, but I've never actually seen the movie.
2: Yeah, I've seen the movie once a long time ago. Okay. It's a bad action '80s film. It's it's worth watching. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but my tagline in my email list for my clients is, I've come here to witness this fitness and chew bubble gum. And I'm all in bubble gum. gum. <laughs> and then I saw that, and I was like, I have to have that. And then, you know, the making animal noises. That's how the animal posters got up there. Mm, I tell my okay. clients, I'm like, make animal noises. Like, be loud. Make animal yeah. noises. And I saw these posters, and I was like, shit, I'm going to buy that. And I was also drinking a little bit when I did it. But,
1: yeah. Creativity was flowing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, was at, I was post-workout at Gnome.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Right. I was like, I'm gonna play some more. <laughs> <laughs> Love that.
1: Cool. So Andy, what would you say is your favorite movement to teach people? Just mm. so in general, do you, like you have like a like a movement that no matter what, everyone's gonna learn how to do this.
2: The deadlift. And I like it in part because I like it for a couple of reasons. One, I think I teach it very succinctly. Okay. I think I can get people pulling from the floor in like 10 seconds, which mm-hmm. is pretty fast, and it looked good. Um, so I have a very short, very quick, very simple, we're going to try doing this. Um, and also I think a lot of people have, because their backs are involved, right? They're mm-hmm. funny, they're like, I feel it in my back. I'm like, well, that's part of it. Like, your back's doing some work, so like, that's Okay. There's a good back and there's a bad back. We right. all know that. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. But I think, too, they get, they get a little scared about it. They're like, oh, ugh, there's this bar. And there's these big old plates, these big 10-pound big plates. Mm-hmm. And so they get a little bit anxious. And I make it very simple and very easy and very comfortable. And then they pick it up and they're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. And I'm like, no, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. And then I'll be like, you can do as many as you want. You can do one. You can do ten. I don't care. We're just feeling it out today. Mm-hmm. And it's a very casual approach to deadlifting, and then as they get some repetition, I just start stacking plates. Usually when they're not looking, and yeah. I let yeah. them keep going and keep working, and we talk about it or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're setting PRs and they didn't even realize it. And I, I never tell them, especially people who are either a little anxious. Uh-huh. Or a lot of the women that I coach. I don't tell them what they're lifting until after.
1: Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I
2: always withhold that information. I'll ask. I'll be like, do you want to know what's on there? Okay. Or do you want to just try it? And then I'll tell you later. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, just let me try it. Yeah. And I've been able to get a lot of people um, to start pulling a, like a ridiculous amount of weight. And they don't even know it. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, I don't know. Maybe that was like 60 pounds. I'll be like, that was 135 pounds. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh my God. Like, I didn't, I never thought that was possible. I never thought that I could do that. And I'm like, right? Isn't that cool? Like, it feels good. You did great. It looked yeah. amazing. So, probably the deadlift of all things. Okay. Um, everything else, like, whatever squat variation we're going to do, like, they're all good, fun stuff. But the deadlift, I think, is the one where people have the most fear but I have a very fast, casual way of coaching it okay. and getting them over that hump and then progressing it quickly. I say quickly, within reason. Okay. Um, yeah, the deadlift. What about yours? Oh. Well, I'm actually curious about both of y'all because you guys do yeah. a lot more kettlebell stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it has to be a kettlebell thing. I mean, no, I'll do a yeah. lot more kettlebell stuff than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, mostly what the one exercise that you like to coach the most, whether it's kettlebell or not. Yeah. Um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback on that one. Um, your favorite kettlebell one to coach. Cause I use the kettlebell. in very limited. I do like swings, squats and carries basically. Mm-hmm. So I don't use it as, as much as you guys do. So yeah. with or without the kettlebell, number one favorite to coach. Okay. And then with kettlebell, number one favorite to coach. I'm okay. let you go first. You're our guest.
1: Okay. Um, this probably sounds boring, um, but I love the bird dog.
2: Oh. Right. Because I okay. feel like
1: that is in almost everything that we do. I think it all comes back to the bird dog. Mm. Um, walking, crawling, um, running, um, doing... A get up, um, overhead pressing, um, there's just a, just, there's a lot that comes back to it. So just teaching people the right way and how it can be very challenging if you do it right. Um, stuff like that. I love, I love it. Um, just feeling that tension Interesting. in the bird dog because I mean, that's a deadlift too. I mean, learning how to extend your leg, mm-hmm. like in achieving that full extension is like you get that without moving your spine. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of moving one's spine, (laughs) I have the worst posture.
1: Move it around.
0: Yeah. That's what I need to do. Yeah. So I love that. It's funny. You mentioned bird dog because uh, the YouTube video that I'm working on now is all about the dead bug, dead bug variations. So yeah. practically, dead bug is just bird dog on your back.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I never
2: really thought about it like that, but yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Just maintaining that tension. Yep. Moving your limbs.
2: When I like that the, the the at least with the dead bug you've got that because if you don't have a coach to like cue back stuff, you've got the floor to cue the low mm-hmm. back on uh, dead bug. Oh,
1: right. Okay. So I've been putting like a dowel on people if they're on the in the bird dog the quadruped position just putting that like dowel along their spine Mm -hmm. because people can even when they're bear crawling like putting a dowel on them or like a ball Uh, on their hips yeah um i think you've done that to me before probably um and just trying to maintain that tension in your trunk while you're moving your limbs and so when you place like a little ball on the hips like right here and you crawl with it and you're just so like tight and just try not to drop it. Oh, no. Even the dowel. Now Come I on. think I'm
2: going to do plate-resisted, like, on their back. Yeah. Uh, bear crawls now. Yes. Mm. Yeah. they all are giving me some ideas.
1: Yeah. It's super fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite kettlebell movement, obviously, I'm going to say this about my clients. So like, you say this about everything. Like, I just think, like, oh, I love this one. Oh, I love this one. I love, I love this it one. I I just love it all. Um, but, I mean, it's just going to be the get-up, so... So all day yeah
0: um,
1: yeah
0: and we'll, yeah go ahead well I I don't know I think probably this uh, answer probably changes over the course of years because uh, I mean really back in the day like teaching people powerlifting was a real was a real thrill you know most kind of mostly for the same reasons in general that I think that you mentioned which was like if you really tighten up somebody's deadlift you can show them how much weight they can actually handle and suddenly that kind of opens a door where it's like okay with you know with some technique and some forethought um, you can actually express strength that you already have and when you're introducing someone to powerlifting that's like that's like the entire game right so you know Strength is won over the course of time, but techniques are implemented immediately that can help people um, control and express the strength and the capabilities that they already have. Mm-hmm. So when you apply that to the deadlift and the squat and the bench press, um, you know, especially for you know, uh, you know, female clients, it's like, man, uh, you know, back in the day, just kind of taking people from the Gen Pop population just right off the street, and hey, have you ever, have you ever actually trained with a barbell? You know, four out of five times, the answer is no. Um, and yeah, even like when it comes to like the bench press, you have a lot of women who are like, I, I cannot even fathom holding this bar over my head or over my chest. And it's like, well, let's just take it one step at a time. And, you know, obviously you get, you get, people pumping out reps with the bar on the bench press, usually no problem. You get people deadlifting probably over a hundred pounds, like on their first session or two. And you know, with the squat, um, obviously squat, you know, can take a little finesse with, uh, you know, getting your positioning right on your back and everything. But I was always very surprised on how many people really took to the back squat with, you know, again, with not much fuss. You know, you just you cue a tight upper back and, you know, use maybe a, a heel wedge every now and then. And, um, yeah, thinking back to, like, my lifetime fitness days, you know, where you're working with college-age girls and you're working with, like, uh, computer, you know, middle-aged computer programmers and everyone in between. And they're all... You know, finding their way around powerlifting in, in a way. And then obviously, a lot of that also translated over into the basic uh, kettlebell moves as well. Um, but, uh, you know, kettlebells only go so heavy. And when people want to, you know, lift more than 106 pounds, uh, we, you know, obviously, we got to kind of slide into the powerlifting realm a little bit. So that was kind of like probably my first real kind of taste of like, um, really getting excited about a client being excited or surprised about something and if you can translate that excitement into um, more knowledge and more um, you know granting clients more autonomy over their own training and over their own capabilities you know that's huge Um, so that's one thing that comes to me off the top of my head specifically with kettlebell stuff. Um, I would probably say for people who are people who are like already bought into kettlebell training, definitely the get up. The get up can be a kind of a hard sell for like some people who like don't really care or don't really know or don't really have any perspective. Um, But for people who are kind of in the scene, in the know, and have some kettlebell background or they've seen the videos or they've read the books or whatever, just, you know, Vanessa, I'm sure you know, you can just, you can take somebody who's like 90% there and get them to 100% with like one or two little cues. Mm and. You may as well have given those people a million dollar check. It's like, whoa, yeah. you know, and (laughs) so that's always really, really, really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And and again, you know, working with kettlebell nerds is its own, brings its own brand of excitement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But for like people who are who are kind of more brand new, I I probably would say the swing, you know, getting people to understand the difference between a grinding deadlift and a ballistic swing and how they're like opposite ends of the same spectrum and really getting nerdy with people in that respect has been really cool and that's off the top of my head because the folks who I was referencing um, earlier on in the conversation um, I'm just starting to teach them the swing and it's like you know um they're really, really catching on to it and really, really excited about it. And, um, you know, when you're swinging, you've got momentum. uh, You know, just just to put it simply, it's fun. Not for everybody, but for a lot of people, it's like really, really fun. So again, you know, training some of these folks who um, are older and have had lots of experience and lots of other like modalities of, Um, exercise, you kind of open up this new door of like expressing power and like riding momentum and using timing Mm -hmm. and and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, It really gets the light bulbs turning on. And obviously that's super thrilling um, as a coach. And of course, you know, not everybody's into it. Some people are just like, ah, the swing, I can take it or leave it. and That's fine. But when you get those people who are bought in and excited and you can show them like here's here's just another path in the jungle that we can mm-hmm. explore. And when people are excited about that, that obviously makes me really excited. So yeah. that's uh that's my long winded answer to your question. <laughs>
1: yeah, I love your long winded answers. Thank you. <laughs> so where do subscribe you subscribe to the podcast? <laughs> where do you start with the swing? Teaching Ooh, playing.
0: that's a good question. Yeah. That's a good question.
1: Yeah, break it down.
0: Um It honestly depends on the person, but I will, because this is fresh on my mind, how I've been training it with uh, this particular, um, with these particular clients, is we'll obviously hammer on the deadlift a lot, just the kettlebell deadlift, going relatively heavy. Like again, like I said, they just got a 28 kilo, really dialing in that 28 kilo deadlift. Then we'll go down to a lighter weight around 20, 22 kilo, and we'll work the Romanian deadlift mm-hmm. down to you know about knee height or just below. Really working on just constant tension of the hamstrings and pushing the butt way back because that amount of hip hinge is gonna be what you're actually gonna be using for the swing. Mm-hmm. Like the full deadlift hinge from the ground all the way up, especially for someone who's taller than me, Um, it's going to be a different hinge. It's going to be a different pattern. Mm -hmm. So going from the heavier deadlift to the lighter Romanian-style deadlift to the um, belly hinge, or what Dan John would call the uh, Bulgarian goat belly swing, where you're basically just holding a light kettlebell into your top abs and going into a hinge. Um, And then from there, getting into the swing itself, I will typically just have... uh, the student uh, deadlift uh, a light kettlebell we'll say 12 to 14 kilos and we'll actually start by just doing the pendulum motion Okay. so just like little like a little like two inch swing and like always the first couple are a little bit awkward but you just think pull that slingshot back a little bit more Mm -hmm. and a little bit more and a little bit more and you know, once the timing is there, it's like you're you're swinging. Mm-hmm. I, it you could basically either do it that way or do it like the hike pass way, where you actually teach someone to hike pass the weight directly off the floor into the groin and stand up. I think for a lot of people that works, um, but for people who are not quite. Um, you know who who might need to baby step into that uh, that pattern. I think just deadlifting the weight and just starting the pendulum is is a is a pretty good way to go about it.
1: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. The swing. Oh, the swing. They call it the king. I would agree. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> I would agree. Yeah. How about you? I love it. Which part? Te- teaching the swing.
1: Oh yeah. I definitely, I mean, just working the deadlift, kind of like you, working the deadlift, <clears throat> um, teaching them like the pattern of just like where it's like visualizing, do a lot of visualizing with people. Um, I spend a lot of time in teaching how to set up and like owning the setup and just like letting them kind of just um, build and their own individual like setup and just have it become so ritualistic, like that's part of the rep Mm. of just like, sometimes I'll just have people just work on the setup and then leave it, don't even swing it. Mm. Set up, leave it, set up, leave it, excuse me. Um, So I love, because sometimes I feel like clients can just like overlook that and just rush that. And so just getting people to own that part of it and not even getting to swing it yet, Something I spent try to spend a lot of time on <clears throat> um, the hike. Yeah, just hiking, hiking it. Sometimes um, I'll have them like, have, like set the kettlebell up like, f- like way out in front where they have to kind of like overreach for it, mm. and then not moving their legs and where they're just setting their lats down and then watching the bell just being dragged like towards their body where it's naturally going to be optimal for their body to hike it so we'll work mm. on that so that's super fun
0: yeah um yeah getting wound up yeah mm-hmm. the setup is the first rep
1: yes yeah yeah and teaching me how to finish too because finishing can be really wonky
0: yeah
1: you know so doing like dead stops like dead stop yeah. swings it's like that
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 funny the Swing is almost like teaching someone how to drive. It's like you can describe it all day, but at the end of the day, like we gotta put you behind the wheel, and you just gotta press that gas. Yeah. And we just gotta see how you handle it. hmm <laughs> You know? Yes. Yeah. I, it, it's so funny. Like I remember like learning how to drive, and just being so freaked out on like, well, how do you how do you stop? Like where do you go? <laughs> like where am I going? How do I know when and where and how to stop? You know, I, I still have panic attacks about about that <laughs> okay. when I think about it. Um, but it's funny. Um, and then obviously, like, you learn how to drive a car, and it's like, well, it doesn't matter. Because I can stop at a stoplight. I can pull over on the side of the road. I can pull into a parking lot. I can go home. Mm-hmm. I can go on a road trip. I'll find a parking spot sooner or later. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a funny thing about the swing because it kind of takes an act of uh, – Faith just to get people moving and it's like you kind of gotta like like pushing the baby out of the nest yeah baby bird out of the nest Like you gotta learn how to fly on the way down you might hit your head on the floor a few times but you'll figure it out yeah it'll hurt pretty bad the first couple times but, <laughs> right?
1: but that's what I tell clients over like yeah. well, what if I drop it or what if I do this I'm like well just don't do that yeah like how about we don't do that <laughs> and just don't let like, go yeah and yeah yeah. And so that's it. I'll tell clients sometimes it's um, like I worked with a guy. I know you know Brett Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, he did some um, programming for me on my press um, a couple years ago. And, and I got to work with him for my SFG2. And, you know, when we're there working on it, as you both know, like with Strong First, it's so like there's all these rules. All the rules and techniques and you have to be able to pass and all this and he's like okay teaching this movement blah, blah blah and he's like going down all the things and then he's like and then just don't think about it and then just do it and mm-hmm. see what happens you know yeah. and you're just like wait what like you, know, you want me to do all these techniques and all this 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 all dialed in and i'm pass or fail and then just don't think about it okay so which is Kind of like what you're saying. Like, it's just like, sometimes you just got to do, do it. And then, because you can tell the client, this is how you set up. This is this, this, that, this, that, this. And then it's just like, well, just then just do it. And then let's just have some fun. So you're going to have a swing that, ooh, that was weird. Ooh, okay, that one taught me get tight. Okay, that one, okay, that one felt good. That one was weird again. Which one was that one? You know? So it's just like getting in there and doing it. And
0: If you're lucky, you do one good rep on each set.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly.
0: Even today, I think like, yeah, it's like uh, each, there's something. You know, and of course, the better you are, the higher your standards get. Mm -hmm. Um, So the more things you can kind of, um, maybe not necessarily think about, but you intuitively feel. And that's, again, like the beautiful thing about training is because we're using words to describe things that are experiential in nature like we can describe how to do an exercise we can have standards we can have rules um, in that way but we're we're grasping at the ether here we're grasping in the air for things that um yes like describing emotions how do you how do you describe love how do you describe anger you just, you got, you feel it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You know, may, maybe the Shakespeare's and the, the Nietzsche's and the, um, you know, the great uh, authors and uh, you know, literary giants of history kind of come close um, to accurately describing what's going on in the human mind and human emotions, but they're things that we can only feel. Yeah. And I, I think it's the same thing like with, uh, with training. So as coaches, we kind of set up these guardrails for people to like look out for but yeah you can only train yourself your your body can only learn and exercise itself I can't I can't Neuralink program something into your nervous system to have you get it I can only help you practice in a way that's gonna help it marinate so yeah when it comes to something like the swing sometimes I'm Flabbergasted by how well it all comes together for somebody, yeah. and I like to think that <laughs> maybe it's because I'm such a good coach. <laughs> yeah. But it's more often the case; it's probably because they're like more of a natural mover or yeah. a natural athlete. Yeah. And then some people, it's like banging your head up against a brick wall. Yeah, You're like, Let's yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Just going back in the toolbox, trying to figure yeah. out yeah. Okay, we'll, what's. We'll do something else. What are we
2: gonna do yeah. with this one.
0: Yeah. So that's that's a that's the fun part about coaching yeah. is you never know who's going to walk through the door mm-hmm. and even if it's the same client you never know what unique opportunities or challenges are going to present themselves on any given day
1: mm-hmm. yeah and that's the fun just being adaptable yeah changing it up
2: yeah, we yeah. can talk I was going to say we can talk all afternoon I have lots of thoughts but
0: podcasting is another good example yeah yeah 3 two, one rolling what, just, where, where do we stop where do yeah. we go
2: yeah none of this is ever scripted we, where, where do we, we go where scripted do we stop we a single episode we just let it flow yeah and sometimes it flows easier than others for but better or for worse I mean that's training some days some days you got it and some days you don't but you show up anyway yeah mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was gonna say like I said lots of thoughts but I think y'all you wrapped it up pretty well there so thank you um
0: yeah cool well, uh, Vanessa, thanks for coming out again. Eighty um, some episodes in.
2: Eighty-three.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, Congrats, guys. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. All that yeah. to say, um, uh, we should have reached out to you way sooner. Being the resident kettlebell nerd in town, <laughs> for that for that matter, maybe you and I can have our own kettlebell podcast.
2: Oh. 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 Nerd alert! Yeah.
1: Nerd alert! Uh, I would love that. Hell
0: yeah. <laughs> Um, but tell people where they can find you, where they can say hello, either on the internet or in person.
1: Um, how can you find me? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Could be an invite-only
0: situation. I, I, I
1: know, kind of...
2: I used to joke, but it's so true. All the best coaches in this town are ghosts. It's... They are hard to track down. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, all the better ones are hard to find. The people that matter, like, found them, but, like... Yeah. Man, it's hard to find the really good coaches. Probably because they're so busy. Wow.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks yeah. for saying that because I'm just like, I don't even, I think I have a business card. No. Um. um what do you think, Zach? How do you find me? Um, Instagram? Instagram? Instagram, probably. Okay. Yeah. So, Vanessa. I'm so bad at these things. I think it's, my Instagram um, is Vanessa underscore Lynn underscore Edwards. So, yeah there's that there's um, um precision that's right yeah mm-hmm.
0: that's right
1: yep i got a website going so there's that hell yeah. yeah
0: yeah sweet and um yeah obviously if anybody's uh in nashville who is uh specifically um would you consider this a west side uh yeah. Where, where you are? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah, around the 46 Whitebridge area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, uh, yeah. It's west of a- east, so. That's right. It's, <laughs> it's, o- it's over the river.
2: It's over the river. It's west.
0: Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, yeah, you guys are the, um, yeah, you guys have the two facilities that I would really have zero reservations on recommending anybody uh, come check out. So, if you don't already know um, of Vanessa, please do um, say hello and reach out. And, yeah, is there anything that you want to uh, wrap up on? Questions, comments, concerns? In
2: fairness, I always want to have, like, all of our guests on again because I feel like we have lots of stuff to cover. So, I'm going to pocket some questions for off air because... Because we have more time limits, but still. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we could always have her back.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah thank you. Man. Yeah, this was awesome. This was a, a growth opportunity for me, and I definitely appreciate that, just getting outside my comfort zone. And
0: um, This is your first podcast? Yeah. Oh, you it nailed is. it. Yeah, you did great. You nailed oh, thanks. it. Thanks.
1: killed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dig so it. I appreciate that. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you for uh, for coming on.
1: Yeah, grateful.
0: Yeah, right back at you. Well, that does it from us, the Kettlebell Nerds, and Andy. That's the A to Z, no BS show. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.
2: Goodbye.